Pastor Xavier Reese, expressing the simple truth of the true heart of God. See, many people think in the world that God is gets off on people going to hell. Listen, the tragedy is that the lake of fire was made for no one but Satan and his angels. And there will be countless of trillions and billions of people there. That's a tragedy. God says, I take no pleasure of the death of the wicked. Turn ye turn, why would you not turn and live? Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. God's Word is true, and as such, contained within Scripture, we hear of the good news and the bad. Today, as he digs deeper into the book of 2 Thessalonians, Pastor Xavier explores the reality of the Antichrist and the responsibility of the believer in light of this bad news. Let's join him for today's important simple truths by looking into today's selected scripture. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 9 through 12, and the message is entitled, The Deceiver and the Deceived. Paul has clearly shown the Thessalonians that the day of the Lord had not come. There would first come a falling away, and he made that clear. Then the restrainer would be removed. Those two things had to happen. Then and only then would the Antichrist the man of lawlessness, be revealed. Having done that, Paul reveals the deception of the man of lawlessness at his coming now, verses 9 through 12. And he tells us three things about this. Let me read it here. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteousness, deception among those who perish. Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie. That they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but at pleasure and unrighteousness. These are the three things that Paul tells us and reveals to us about the deception of the man of lawlessness that is coming. It's certain. First, the nature of his coming in verse 9 and the first part of 10. Then the people of his following, the rest of verse 10. And then the outcome of his followers in verse 11 and 12. Notice first, his presence is physical. The coming of the lawless one. It is certain, as certain as you are sitting here this morning, the Antichrist is coming. He will be a real person. He will occupy a real point in time and will occupy real authority. But notice secondly too here in 9, his source is satanic. According to the working of Satan, he is working in dependence of Satan. Now notice also here thirdly, his credentials are supernatural. He reveals all power. Meaning miraculous force. Power to cause craft to prosper, Daniel 8, 25 and 11, 43 says. He's going to be a bear on Wall Street. <laughs> Craft's going to prosper. But notice, secondly, he reveals signs. Which means an indication or token as evidence of supernatural authority. He's going to do things that people are going to say, did I see what I saw? 
Revelation 17, 8 says, They that dwell on the earth shall wonder. Notice fourthly here, the beginning of verse 10. His character is descriptive. And with all unrighteous deception, he will appear as a man of peace. We've seen this in a white horse in Revelation 6. Yet war, famine, pestilence, and death will follow him. Now notice, secondly, the people of his following in verse 10, the rest of it. First, their spiritual state is described. Listen, those who perish, literally, who are perishing. They have been perishing, they are perishing, and they will perish. The movement is continuous. It climaxes with him. Those who have not been born again are said to be dead in trespass and sins in Ephesians 2, 1. When you're dead, you're dead. People can't respond because they're spiritually dead. So let's not get mad at them. What do you want dead people to do? That's why we preach. They may be made alive. Those who walk according to the course of this world walk according to the power and the prince of the air. Ephesians 2.2. 2. He's the God of this world. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. He runs places. Now, he has parameters. God is in control. But he's the God of this world. Notice secondly here. Their spiritual blindness is de declared to be of their own choosing. This is very, very important. Their spiritual blindness is declared to be of their own choosing because they did not receive the love of the truth. Here's the reason. They did not welcome the truth of the gospel. The word receive means to receive by deliberate and readiness of mind. In Luke 16.4, the word is used for welcoming one into one's home. Knock on the door, they open up, say, oh, come on in. In fact, the word is used of the Thessalonians welcoming the word of God in 1 Thessalonians 2.13. They welcomed. They embraced it. They brought it in. But notice also, they did not welcome the love of God. The word love is agape. God, unmerited divine favor. The love of the Father, giving His Son, John 3.16. Rejecting it. They choose to make this decision... Of their own free will. Having all the truth about God's word. The evidence of creation. And the depravity of man all around them. Isn't that amazing? Once again parents. You talk to your child. He's not walking. He's in the world. And you say. Can't you see the difference between our life and others lives? Can't you see the result of some of your friends. What has happened to them? Is that where you want to go? It's a choice. And your heart breaks as a parent. Because you know there's nothing you can do for them. Except pray, warn, set the boundaries. Notice thirdly, the end of verse 10. Their spiritual need is forfeited. Their spiritual need is forfeited. That they might be saved. They neither see themselves in need of salvation from sin or see themselves as sinners. This is a common event that happens every day. There are people who are out there today in generation Y. That's the next one. Who do not know sincerely from their heart that there's anything wrong with sleeping with their boyfriend and girlfriend. Because they've been raised in complete darkness apart from God and apart from all morality and all absolutes. 
It's hard for some of us to understand that. But it's a reality in our world today. More people know about Coca-Cola than Jesus Christ. There are people in the United States today, there are people in Pasadena today, young people who have never heard about Jesus Christ. That's the America we live in today. The America of the past is past. We are in a post-Christian era. You want to see where we're going? It's scary. Make a study of any nation who's rejected the gospel and see what happens to her in a small time. England used to boast that the sun never went down on her kingdom. Where is she at now? Puny. Look at Germany. Look at Spain. Look at the United States. They do not acknowledge the human race as fallen or the product of sin. They are the fulfillment of Romans chapter 1. They take the truth and, and suppress it in unrighteousness and they change the natural use of the woman and the man and say that's normal. And they began to worship the creature more than the creator which is blessed forevermore. They throw away the free gift of God. Salvation by grace through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. They insist on the covenant with hell and all the evil around them. God reveals the state of man clearly throughout the scriptures. One of the most graphic descriptions so that we would get the point is Isaiah 64, 6. That our righteousness is as filthy rags, a menstrual garment. Such a vivid picture so that we might understand how bad off we are so that we can come to God sooner. In fact, Isaiah 118. Come, let's reason together. Though your sins be red as crimson, they'll be white as snow. Isaiah 118. God reasons with us. God gives every person a choice to accept or reject with the promise that none of their righteousness or unrighteousness will be mentioned. So whatever you've done, he says, I'll never mention if you ask forgiveness and if I change your life. But equally, Ezekiel 18 and 33 says that if you are walking in righteousness and your righteousness, and then you turn away from your righteousness and begin to walk in unrighteousness, he says, none of your righteousness will ever be mentioned. You'll die in your sin. People say, oh, thank God in the Old Testament. Really? You better read Acts 20. Paul says to the Ephesian elders, I am innocent of the blood of any man. Whoa, what's he quoting? Ezekiel. If you're not practicing righteousness through the power of the Spirit of God and the transformed life of Christ, there is no guarantee for you to be in heaven. Now, we're not talking about perfection. Remember that. We're talking about drastic change. Absolutely. God takes this so seriously that at the end of chapter 33, verse 11 of Ezekiel, God says, I take no pleasure of the death of the wicked. Turn ye, turn. Why would you not turn and live? Once again, pleading with man. See, many people think in the world that God is, is, gets off on people going to hell. As if God is, hey, you want to be saved? Yeah, you do. Oh, oh no, can't have it this time. You know, like if God is just, or you're looking around saying, Gabe, go get my club. Listen, you want to know how God feels about you if you don't know Jesus Christ? Look to the cross. That's how much he loved you. He died for you. He's serious about the plan of salvation. The tragedy is that the lake of fire was made for no one but Satan and his angels. 
and there will be countless of trillions and billions of people there. Matthew 25, 41. That's a tragedy. Now notice thirdly in verse 11 and 12. He gives us the outcome of his followers. First of all, God will honor their choice. This is scary. God will honor their choice. God will send them strong delusion. The reason is not based on God's lack of love, not lack of patience. He's not throwing a spiritual tent on fit. He's not getting his way. He has communicated his love letter, the gospel. They have rejected it over and over again. Continuously. There is a line I don't know where. That once a man crosses, God and all his love can do nothing. We're constantly warned. Abide. Continue. Don't be deceived. Return. Repent. The word delusion means a wandering whereby those who are led astray roam here and there. Isn't that a picture of so many people today, even in the church? Here, there. They're not stable. Like children tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. The word is used always in the New Testament of mental strategy, wrong opinion, error, and moral or religious. In fact, it is an active forwarding of evil in and through the man of lawlessness. It ends with him. The epitome of it. Notice also that God will allow them to believe the lie. And the word lie means a conscience and intentional falsehood. The outcome is that they should believe the lie. Literally, the lie Satan. Jesus already said it before in John 8, 44. Your father is a liar. Your father is the devil. He's a lie. He's a liar. He's never told the truth. This is the ultimate. God is in control. Don't ever think he's out of control. He's ordering all these things so that all that Satan can do and will do through the Antichrist is God's parameters. And so God has set boundaries for the Antichrist and he can do no more. He controls it. And he never violates man's free will. How does God do that? How can God do something or say something or prophesy about something and declare people by name and never violate their will? I don't know, but I'm glad he can do it. If God would violate one person's will and they went to hell, God would be unjust. Because how can God hold you responsible for something he never gave you a choice in? Interesting. This is the outcome of sinning against his love. And his love letter, the gospel. This is the outcome of his love without concern for one's sins. Not believing it. God sent a despairing spirit to Saul. You remember Saul in 1 Samuel 18.10? He kept disobeying God. Wouldn't do what he was told. And God sent a despairing spirit to Saul. 1 Kings 22-23, God sent a lying spirit in the mouth of the false prophets in the days of Micaiah. You see, God will continue to pursue you. But you keep playing with it. You keep rebelling against it. Then God will send falsity for you to believe. He'll give you over to the lie. And that's why I've told you before, some believe that these verses, and I have to agree that perhaps those who have heard the gospel and are hearing the gospel now, if they go into the tribulation, they will not be able to believe. They'll be given over to the lie. 
In John's Gospel it says, And the Pharisees could not believe. That's an interesting scripture. They could not believe. Not that they don't want to. They came to a place where they could not believe. Why? Because they kept being so cantankerous, so rebellious, that got, they, got, they, they crossed that line. I don't know where that line is. You want to play games with it? That's your problem. That's your decision. It doesn't affect me. It breaks the heart of God. But it's out there. Notice secondly, God will judge them. God will judge them for their choice. Verse 12, God's sentence is perfect that they may be condemned. The word condemn, crino, means to distinguish, choose, or to give an opinion as a verdict. The giving up was due to their own ongoing rebellion against God's love. God's judgment is the verdict based on, listen, this is the context, their guilt. God is constantly trying to bring men and women to their guilt, to acknowledge their guilt. When you go to court, the whole trial, the tribunal system, is to present witnesses and evidence to present and confirm your guilt. From your guilt, there's a verdict. From the verdict, there's a sentence. The same thing goes on with God. God is trying to bring you to your guilt, to your confession, willingly. If not in that day, He will present your guilt without any possibility of confession. That's scary. He says, who did not believe the truth. There's their guilt. The word is the same word for love of the truth in verse 11. Their need of repentance for salvation as sinners has been rejected. What do you mean saved? Saved from what? That's natural. What's wrong with that? Everybody does it. Come on, it's good for you. The revelation that God created them and loves them by dying for them is scoffed at. Is rejected. Some very decently, very apologetically, very sincerely, very nicely, but it's rejection either way. You see, God's judgment is the verdict based on their practice also. Look at that. But had pleasure and unrighteousness. Their guilt and their practice. The progression is certain and downward. God gave them up. Listen. Uncleanness, vile affections, reprobate minds. That's a threefold downward spiral of Romans chapter 1, verse 22 and 23. Those three steps are always the way God deals with man. Unclean thoughts, vile affections, reprobate minds. Once you cross that reprobate mind, God gives you up. I have no idea where that is. Everybody's different to the measure of light, the measure of opportunity. God knows where that is. The scriptures tell that she who lives in pleasure is dead while she lives. 1 Timothy 5.6 Remember, listen, sin is a blast. Don't go tell people that sin is, is not fun. You're lying. Sin is fun. I had a blast sinning. But it's for a season. It's exciting and it's thrilling at first. But if you stay out there long enough, it starts scarring you. It starts weighing on you. It starts destroying you. So Satan magnifies the benefit and he minimizes the consequences. He magnifies the thrill and he minimizes the scars. He's a master at it. Surely the wrath of man shall praise you, Psalm 76, 10 says. 
Some years ago, a druggist in the East advertised the following. The drugstore you can patronize with confidence, accuracy, and experience, our model. After many years of making prescriptions, it was found out that this man had never gone to school or had any training in pharmaceutical sciences. God only knows how many people's health were affected or deaths resulted of him. What a perfect picture of the deception of the Antichrist. But we're talking about eternity. Beginning with Israel, God has always given to man a choice. And he seeks to persuade man lovingly to choose God's side. Listen to Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you. And I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live, that you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your days, and that you may dwell in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give him. God is pleading always. As parents, we want the best for our children. We plead with them. God will answer according to man's idols after their hardness of heart. Do you know that? Listen to Ezekiel 14, 1 through 5. Now some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat before me. And the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts. And they put before them that which causes them to stumble into iniquity. Should I let myself be inquired at all of them? Here's these guys, the elders, and they're, and they're into pornography. They're into this, they're into that, they're into everything. And they walk into the temple. Hey, Zeke. Ask the Lord what His will is for us. God says, should I be sought of them? Listen. Therefore speak to them and say to them, Thus says the Lord God, Every one of the house of Israel who sets up his idols in his heart and puts before him that causes him to stumble into iniquity and then comes to the prophet, I the Lord will answer him who comes. Listen. According to the multitude of his idols, that I may seize the house of Israel by their hearts, because they are all estranged from me by their idols. God will answer you according to your deception after you cross that line. That is scary. Jesus is the judge of every man and woman and child. John five twenty two and 23. For the Father judges no one, but the committed, committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as the... They honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. All will face Jesus Christ. The standard will be his word. The intent of the heart. Nothing less. This is the outcome of his followers. Eternal separation. I'm glad Paul has revealed the deception of the man of lawlessness as his coming to warn the deceived. As they are described here by the nature of his coming, it's satanic. The people of his following are spiritually blind and dead. And the outcome of his followers is eternal separation. Once again, it should cause us to become more passionate in love with Jesus. To make sure we stay on track. And then we might ask the Lord, how are you going to use me, Lord, to reach out to others? So important. Are you deceived? You need to repent. Are you walking with God? Then you need to pull people out of the fire.
Pastor Xavier Reese and the mandate for survival during the last days. And if you'd like to share this message with a friend or loved one, ask for the title, The Deceiver and the Deceived. It's available on CD for only $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is The Deceiver and the Deceived. Or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And please help us by including the call letters of this station somewhere in your correspondence. This information is helpful when we check on the impact of this outreach in your area. From order to disorder is what we've come to expect for the world we live in. But coming up next time, some relief from the turmoil. Be back for more Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 